Hello and welcome to Switzer Investing. I'm Peter Switzer. Thanks for joining us on the program. And tonight we look at how you should be investing in 2023, defensively or aggressively. Paul Rickard and I had a look at what's happened to the market recently with a really nice rises, particularly over November. But what about 2023? What are going to be the big issues that drive stocks and how should you be playing it? Then we look at the outlook for house prices uh, with REA's Angus Moore. And then we talk to a buyer's agent and see how he's playing the market right now for his clients. That's the show. Let's kick off now with Paul Rickard and myself looking at how you should be investing in 2023. And today we want to focus on what will December for the rest of this month look like when it comes to investing? Will it be good or bad? Paul, what do you reckon? I think it might be okay, Peter, but it's all going to depend on a couple of numbers coming out around the 13th and 14th of December. So yep. let's just have a look back first of all, just at how we're going year to date and also yep. what happened in November. Yep. Interesting about our market, Peter, in Australia at least, is that when you add in dividends, we're actually up uh, year to date, down 2.2% yeah. in price, but yep. to up 2.2% year to date, which I think a lot of people, when they look back at 2022, might be a little bit surprised right. about because we were down 16% or so, weren't we? It's worse, yeah. Yeah, we were down a big time in June. Interesting enough, again, this just to get to the same sort of story we've seen all year. It's really been led by the top 20 stocks, mm. and that's because of the banks and the major resource companies and also the energy majors are in that. So, mm. uh, you know, very dis different pattern between top and bottom part of the market. So, the large you know, top 20 companies are up 6.9% in aggregate. Mm. Uh, but look at the mid-cap 50, that stock's ranked uh, 51 to 100, down 1.7% year-to-date. And small caps, mm. if you've just been in small caps or with small cap managers, 2022 has yeah, been tough pretty tough. Yeah. But a different story again in the US to Australia. The US market, sorry, the Australian market's doing a lot better than the United States market. And although we, again, we saw a good, a really strong rebound in November, mm. uh, year to date, the uh, US market is hard, still struggling. And yeah. so the NASDAQ uh, is still down around about 27%. That's a real bear market there. A real bear market. And I guess that's one of the things you've got to think about uh, when you look at what's ahead and whether, you know, because being in a bear market, it takes a lot to change, turn sentiment around. Yep. And, uh, you know, just as the way that, you know, in bull markets, you know, you you, you buy dips and bear markets, you sell rallies. Yeah, um, exactly so right. that's, I think, a factor. Let's actually, just before I go on to what's ahead for this month, just look at the industry sectors. This is, again, coming back to the Australian market. Yeah. Uh, all the sectors, these are the 11 ASX industry sectors, all sectors positive November, again, led by materials. and That's, that's a, a big jump for materials. Uh, and, that's, and that's a function of your BHPs and your REAs, but also you know some of the other things like lithium and some of the rare earths have been supporting that. Yep. Uh, again, not unsurprisingly, energy, the best sector, up 55.4%. So if you haven't owned Woodside shares, uh, you've done it pretty tough. Financials, positive, 5.2%. But look at the, the laggards, um, the IT sector down almost 30%. And real estate, which is, of course is your property trust, a function of higher interest rates. Mm. Very slow mover down, Peter, but I never quite understood why it stood up there. Uh, down almost 18% uh, year to date. And so one thing I'll throw in, Paul, and some people might find this, you know, uh, this uh, table a bit like the rear vision mirror, but I also think the big sell-offs of this year could possibly be the big buyers of next year. So small cap, IT, a lot of these stocks have really copped it, could fall, in, fall into favour sometime across 2023. 
Yeah, and then look, that does tend to happen, Peter, that sort of mean reversion. Uh, mm. And so it's not totally un, uh, you know, a waste of time to look at what's happened. No. Um, but, and, and then think about how markets might change going forward. It's called rotation, but, uh, isn't it? But it is called rotation, and we do see the fund managers go through that process. But at the moment, look, there's still, you know, we're in this, still this cycle of higher interest rates, and that's probably why some of these, uh, the trends we've seen in 22 so far, uh, at least will continue in the short term. Let's go ahead to December, Pete, because, uh, mm. you know, ultimately this comes down to a couple of really important things in the US. A, now that the Reserve Bank here is out of the way, this, this is still about inflation, mm. uh, interest rates, and whether the economy is going to head into recession. So the same thing we've seen for the last couple of months, that is going to continue into December. Uh, the big number is on out on December the 13th, and that's, of course, the US CPI for uh, November. Mm. And we've got a good number in October, mm. but, you know, one month doesn't make a, you know, you've got to be very careful you about monthly You can't trust data. one month. Yeah. Uh, and so we really need to, to see that data. Uh, confirming and markets will pivot on if it's better than expected, stocks will go up. If it's worse than expected, they will go down. Yeah, and it, it's, it's, it, the data's been released on the same morning as the Fed starts uh, a two-day meeting. Yeah. So uh, it starts that on the 13th of December. We'll see the announcement on 14th of December US time, about 2.30 p.m. Yeah. Markets sort of pretty confident about a half percent rate rise. They were. <laughs> they were, but, you know, if we get a really, you know, different sort of CPI number that doesn't mm. beat market expectations, it could change very quickly, right? Yeah, and even now, as we move into December 13, the market is a bit spooked every time a good economic number comes through on the expectation the central bank over there will go for 0.75% increase rather than a half. Yeah, I want to come back to a couple other things, but just, just to be very clear, the US market is still in a, in a bear market trend, and this mm. is uh, what tells you that. This is a first top chart shows you the US S&P 500, the 30-day and the 300-day moving averages. They've got it close to moving over. That is the 30-day has skipped above the 300-day, but didn't quite get there. Mm. It failed again. And the COPOC, which is an indicator of momentum, is still negative, right? Yeah. Now, the Australian market, you could argue, has probably gone into a bull market trend, but mm. You know, you do get false readings unless the U.S. market moves into bull market. That's right. I don't think we're going to we we can sustain yeah. that. So and December third is going to be critical for that, isn't it, Paul? You're right. Australia is tending towards a bull market, but if Wall Street sells off big time, we will play follow the leader. And let's look at two other things. We do are moving into the third year of uh, the U.S. presidential term, and. Mm. As I think you've said uh, many times this year, Pete, uh, the third year historically, yeah. not over always. 80%, over yeah. 80% of times, it's been a great year for stocks. It, it's been a really good year for stocks. So mm. again, for that, and we sort of same sort of Santa Claus rally type thing. So yeah. I think these numbers, uh, December 13, and what the Fed does in December 14, are really going to set up the tone for for December, yeah. and also how we move this market into the new year. Exactly. And I'm just really glad, Paul, that December 13 is not a Friday. Well, for a take on what's going on in the housing sector, let's talk to Angus Moore, economist at PropTrack. Great to see you, mate. Thanks so much for having me. Pleasure to be here. So why don't we just talk about the situation of the market right now, Angus, and we, we hear that, um, uh, that the house price falls are starting to moderate. Is that the case, do you think? Yeah, that's right. We're certainly still seeing prices fall. You know, let's be let's be clear, prices are still going down and we expect that they will continue to do so given what's happening with interest rates. But the pace of those falls does look like it's started to slow. So over the past couple months, we've seen 
price falls in the order of sort of 0.1%, 0.2% per month. So in November, they were down 0.15%. And that's quite a lot slower than what we were seeing a bit earlier in the year, particularly through winter, when we were seeing price falls in the order of you know, 1% or close to each month. So prices are still falling, but, but not as quickly as we were seeing. So are you anticipating when that so-called loan cliff um, happens in the middle of the year, that that would probably escalate the fall in house prices? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, we're certainly going to see a lot of people rolling off their fixed rates next year. So to put it in some context, something like about a third of outstanding mortgages at the moment are on fixed rates, which followed a, a period during the pandemic when we saw a lot of new fixed rate mortgages taken out. Nearly one in every two new mortgages was at a fixed rate. Not quite, but, but close to, which is much higher than historically. Fixed rates have been relatively uncommon in Australia, typically. What we're going to see basically through the middle of next year, sort of June and September quarters next year, many of those fixed rates will expire. In fact, about a third of all fixed rate mortgages will expire in those two quarters. So we're going to see a lot of people's repayments jump up at that point. In terms of the impacts, Part of it's just going to be macroeconomic. You know, people will have a big increase in their mortgage repayments. That's going to reduce spare cash flow and they'll reduce their spending. And in many ways, that's why the RBA is raising interest rates. They're trying to cut back on spending and slow the economy a bit. But in terms of the impact on house prices, it's a bit more nuanced. The, the impact on house prices really comes through current buyers and people looking to borrow at the moment, not so much existing mortgage holders. And for them, the impact of higher interest rates has already happened. If you go to a bank today and try to borrow, the bank's going to be less willing to lend you money and the maximum amount that you can borrow is smaller. That means buyers are willing to pay less and, and that's why we're seeing prices fall. Now, we haven't seen the full impact of the interest rate rises that we've had and, and the interest rate rises to come in prices yet, which is why we're expecting that we'll continue to see prices flow through. But that's really the, the key channel for house prices. Okay. I was thinking that those people who find that the repayments are going to be a real stretch for them, they may well add their properties to the supply, which you know, obviously would help reduce prices. Is that a, a, a likely scenario? I think we'll see some of that. It's hard to know how big that pool of people who find their mortgage repayments just too hard and have to refinance or downsize their home that will have an impact and we will probably see more stock in the market. Though it's worth noting, we already have quite a lot of stock in the market, particularly in places like Sydney and Melbourne, where there's currently more properties for sale than has been, been the case over the past decade on average. So mm. we're already at quite you know, good conditions for buyers. Uh, and on that point then, we've seen some reasonably positive story, stories around the clearance rates at auctions. What does that say about buyer enthusiasm at these reduced house price levels. Yeah, you're exactly right. We have seen clearance rates come up over the past few months. They bottomed out in winter at around about 50% and they're now sitting up more in the low 60s or high 50s, depending on which weekend you're looking at. That's a sign that we're seeing a bit more interest. And you know, it's worth putting in context that winter period was right after the RBA quickly changed tack and was starting to raise interest rates very quickly after you know, saying that they weren't going to. I think we were seeing a lot of hesitancy from a lot of buyers about you know, where things were going in a way that today, even though interest rates are much higher, I think we have a much clearer view. If we're looking at other measures, we're seeing pretty similar stories. Buyer demand came off across winter. That's picked up a little bit. Again, it's lower than it was earlier in the year, 
but you know when in in March or February when when things were very strong or even spring last year but things have improved from where they were in winter the flip side is we are still seeing it take a bit longer to sell a home so on that measure you know buyer demand does look to have cooled a bit and of course prices are falling which is a fairly clear indication of of what buyers are willing to pay but the broad stroke is things look a little bit better today than they did in in sort of winter when prices were falling much much more quickly so how important is the fact that historically we've had a low supply of housing and the I guess the immigration um, increases versus the actual houses being built has never really got to the oversupply situation. Does this partly explain why our house prices don't fall by the magnitude that's been tipped by some extremists? Yeah, I think you're coming right at the key question for house prices and housing affordability. We obviously talk a lot about interest rates because they matter a lot in the short term for house prices and they do drive a lot of the variation that we see. But over the long run, you know, 10, 20 years, what matters is how many homes we're we building and are we building enough? And the short answer is we probably didn't through much of the past two decades. So in the past five years, between the 2016 and 2021 census, the total number of homes increased something like 12% which is actually a pretty good pace. We actually mm. did build a lot of homes across those five years. In the whole decade before that, so from 2006 to 2016, we built fewer than in the past five years. Mm. And that's a big part of why house prices are as expensive as they are in Australia. Now, the good news at the moment is we are building quite a lot of homes at the moment. In fact, the pipeline of detached homes is at a record high at the moment. Okay. So we, we started building a lot of homes during the pandemic, in part due to low interest rates, in part due to home builder those will complete and are completing over this year, that will help provide a bit more supply. The unfortunate news is it's costing a lot more to build those. Mm. Building costs have escalated something like 20% over the past year. Mm. So are you anticipating um, this momentum in the building sector to continue as the immigration levels uh, get jacked up, which I think the Labor government is keen to do? Yeah, it's a great question. We will continue to see construction activity remain elevated through the next probably six to 12 months, in part because there's simply a lot of work already going on that, that will take that long to work through. It is taking longer to build homes today than it used to, in part because there are so many under construction and in part because of disruptions like getting materials, getting labor, disruptions due to sickness, in Sydney and Brisbane, disruptions due to weather have been a big factor this year as well. So that's going to support construction activity. But further out, we will start to see construction activity peter off, in part because prices have come off, but in large part because interest rates are up. And we know that construction activity, particularly dwelling investment, is one of the most interest rate sensitive parts of the economy. And you know, again, part of why the RBA is raising interest rates is to tamp down on economic activity. And, and that's one of the key channels by which they do that. Okay, this is the easy question, Angus. What do you think house prices will fall by when it's all said and done? That's the easy question. I hate to yeah. see what the hard questions are. <laughs> well, uh, you you got to get an easy question sometimes, mate. Take, yeah, take a punt. Um, our expectations are that we'll probably see price falls in the order of 10 to 15% peak to trough. At the moment, we're sitting at about 3.8%. So our expectations are over the next year, we'll probably see something like another 10% of price falls. But in large part, it depends on what happens to interest rates. And in large part, that depends on how entrenched inflation is. There are some positive signs there, you know, some signs that inflation might be starting to come off where it was. And that could be good news in terms of not having to raise interest rates as far as perhaps we thought. 
that will have a big impact on what happens to house prices. Great stuff. Thanks for joining us. Absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Pleasure. That's Angus Moore of PropTrack. Well, we've heard about the big picture of house prices from Angus Moore of uh, REA Group. Let's see what uh, a buyer's agent is seeing at the coalface. I'm catching up with Paul Wilcox from Oasis Scheme Buyer's Agent. Good to see you, mate. Good morning, Peter. How are you? Very good. Uh, you see the headlines. Headlines you know, range from a 30% fall in house prices to Oh, well, house prices don't seem to be falling as, as fast as people were thinking. What are you seeing in the area that you cover as a buyer's agent? And tell us what that area is. Uh, we're, we're, our office is based in Mossman, Peter, so we cover the lower North Shore, the upper North Shore, the northern beaches, inner west and eastern suburbs. So it has come off sort of circa 15% in most places in Sydney. Um, so yeah, there's generally less people that open for inspections. Auction clearance rates have sort of gone from the, the heady 80 odd percent down to late 40% at the moment. Right, so for someone like you, are you primarily hired by buyers or sellers? Buyers. Both? Buyers. By buyers, buyers. Yeah. So is this a, a, a great buying opportunity for buyers? I think so. Like you look at historically, the, the markets come back, as I said, circa 15%. So I'd prefer to buy in a market that might have a little little bit more to fall instead of buying when it's overinflated. And also what I'm, my personal business, what I'm seeing is there's a few more investors coming back into the market. Rents are, prices are falling, rents are, rents are going up again. So mm. a good time to invest. Yeah. And, and those investors, Many of them were spooked during the coronavirus lockdown period. Correct. Yeah. Are you starting to see interest in areas like, for example, we know uh, CBD, city apartments really were in trouble during those coronavirus days. Are investors starting to look at those again? That's an area I don't invest in. We don't buy in Peter, but you know, some local area, some local agents have told me places like Kingsford and Kensington, Glebe, close to unis, are starting to take off again, and, and so far rents are going back up again. Yeah, and, and I guess when you think about it, those areas do have lots of foreign students, and we're seeing yeah. there there is a, a rise in uh, foreign students um, based on immigration levels. Sure. So. So for anyone who's watching this who's in the, the market to buy a house, apart from obviously recommending yourself as a buyer's agent, which I'm sure you'd like to do, what, what are, what are the, the important um, messages, lessons that you'd share with them? I, I, I've always sat down with a client and said, buy for your own personal circumstances. Don't buy what the market's doing. Don't buy what you're reading in the paper. You buy because you, you need to move closer to work, your family's getting bigger, you've got a work transfer, got a work transfer. So you buy for your own personal circumstances. Don't buy what you're reading in the paper, because obviously papers just, you know, newspapers sometimes can get it wrong. Yeah, but you know, that that's a good general statement, but the specifics, yeah. like for example, when people ask me. I, I, and I'd, I'd be interested to in see whether you agree with this. I say, well, there's probably more downside to come 
for prices. Yep. I don't think, I don't believe we'll see 20 or 30% unless the interest rate strategy creates a, 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 a recession, which we're not expecting. Um, but given that, I say to people, well, look, don't, don't be mad keen to buy something, but turn up to all the open houses, turn up to all the auctions, because there probably is a, a great buying opportunity for specific sellers. Um, they, yeah. So what, what do you say about that? Correct. Like I, yeah, I'm, I'm telling my clients that there could be another five to seven percent correction to to, ha to happen. Yeah. So if you're going to buy today, it might be less. Your property might work, work less than six to twelve months. Yeah. But what I know, Sydney doesn't normally stay down for that long. I think I was reading a report last week that from high to low, you're looking at twenty months. So I'd probably suggest we're twelve months into a correction now. Hmm. Obviously, the cost of money's gone up. And what I what I see people now that are selling in the market are selling for a reason. We're in the boom. People are selling based on greed because my house might be worth two million dollars, but I'll put it in the market and someone will give me two and a half. Where alternately now, people are selling for a reason and not based on greed. Have you been shocked at what some um, um, very very keen sellers have been prepared to accept, given the the price that you uh, were exposed to when you knocked on the door on behalf of your client? Correct. Like I had one, one a recent sale in Neutral Bay, a little, sorry, a, a large two bedroom unit, small block of 10. The original guide price was 1.6 to 1.7 and I paid 1.3 for it. So um, I thought that was sensational value. I'm not here to pump my chest out, but there was a block of 10. It was 165 square metres. It was in the local school catchment zone mm. and it was renovated. So I think there are some good opportunities. And as you said before, Peter, you have to be in the right place at the right time, be prepared, have your finance in place, have a solicitor or a lawyer in place and, and be prepared to move quickly. Yeah. Is this a, a perfect market for buyers agents in the sense that you've got more willing sellers at reasonable prices compared to say two years ago? Um, Hand on heart, I was probably a little bit busier than I was two years ago when the market was very bullish. As I said, clearance rates were 80 odd to 90%. So people find it difficult to find properties. Hmm. That said, there's not that many properties on the market at the moment. Like I, I said to a mortgage broker last week, I don't think we've had a spring set season yet. So that is still, you know, and it's December now. So most people have sort of put their gun back in the holster, not yeah. to buy it. Yeah, it seems to me that <clears throat> If, if we see another five or even a 10% fall, um, that will probably bring out a lot of uh, potential buyers. Um, but so that means that the people who are thinking about having a crack now may well be advantaged to do it at a time when there's less rivals. Correct. Well, it's, you know, as you know, Peter, property's long-term hold, so it's just about getting the timing right. Hmm. Yeah, but, but it's, it's not always per, uh, easy to get the bottom of the market. So getting in, when, say, 5% before the bottom of the market is, is meaningless after 10 years of holding a property. Correct. And the only way to tell when the market's bottom is when it goes back up again. So yeah. I, I've been doing this job for 20 years. I can't pick it. Okay. Well, one last one, last question. If, if you had to give advice to a, a son or daughter who is in the market right now, um, what would you be saying to them? 
Um, as I said, property's a long-term game. Your interest rate's going to go up. Your interest rate's going to go down. Your, the value of property's going to go up and it's going to go down. So think long-term. Buy a quality, always buy a quality asset. Don't buy based on price. Buy on, a, buy on quality. Yeah. And what does, a, what does a buyer's agent actually get for the services provided? What's the percentage? Um, we work on a flat fee. It's roughly sort of 1.3 to 1.5, depending on the price point, Peter. Okay. Thanks for joining us, Paul. No problem. Have a great day. Same to you. Cheers. Paul, that's Paul Wilcox of Oasis Scheme Buyers Agent. And that's the show for tonight. Thanks for joining us. I'll see you on Monday. Have a great weekend. And don't forget, if you want to know more about investing and get some insights on what you should be investing in, go to switzerreport.com.au. Thanks for joining me. See you on Monday.